This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Happy New Year, Ryan. Thank you. What a great excuse to start over. Mm. Let's talk about kicking off the new year with... Some friendly decluttering. Now, for many of you listening to this, this may be your first time listening to The Minimalist Podcast because our new documentary directed by Matthew Vella, it's yes. called Less Is Now. Which is amazing. It just came out on Netflix and you all saw that and you said, I need more of these two goofy guys from Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> and so here you are asking about decluttering, asking about starting your year off right. Many of you have stuck around. There are millions of you who have stuck around over the uh, the past few years we've been doing this podcast. Thank you for sticking mm-hmm. around. Welcome to anyone who is new, who just came from Netflix, that new documentary. If you haven't checked it out already, it's called Less Is Now. You can find it in 191 countries, they say, Ryan. You're so popular. Yeah, it's in 30 different languages. You're overdubbed in German. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. I just didn't realize I'd have to learn 30 new languages <laughs> to produce this documentary. You didn't. You were, you were just a make, lot of work. You were just making sounds <laughs> on the overdubs and told them you knew the language. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the problem with uh, New Year's resolutions. Mm. I know it's that time. You've already made one, and it's the. Uh, this comes out on the fifth day of the year, so many of them have already been broken. Yeah. People want to run a marathon a day or <laughs> I lose 10 pounds a, a week. Day. A day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I think that's actually the problem with New Year's resolutions is they're too big. And I used to always think they were sort of crap for a while. Like, why would I want to do a New Year's resolution? But I do see a point to it when it is inspiring. If you're actually going to have a goal, I'm sort of a no goals guy Mm. myself, but if you're going to have a goal, you want something that inspires you to take action. Because if it doesn't do that, if it's overwhelming, if it's distressing, Mm. if it makes you restless, it's probably not a good objective in the first place. Yeah. I mean, just doing a New Year's resolution because your friends are doing it. Yeah. It's also a really bad reason. Unless it's the 30-day minimalism game. And the one thing that... Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> Josh, tell us about the 30-day minimalism game. <laughs> well, minimalists.com slash game. Uh, no, I was going to say resolutions, you know... You can have a resolution any day. It doesn't uh-huh. just have to be New Year's. Now, I know it is New Year's, yeah. so um, that's when it seems like people are motivated to make a New Year's resolution. But guess what? If it's you know January 5th right now mm-hmm. and you didn't make a New Year's resolution, you could still do that on January 5th. Yeah, and yeah. it's still a new year. Yeah, of like, Relative to a week ago, right? Yeah. Or two weeks ago or three. Yeah, so yes, uh, it, it's never too late to start. I always encourage people to start out with something small. And today we're going to talk about getting started with decluttering. A lot of people mm-hmm. are, are going to be new here today, but mm-hmm. also it's a time of year where we just kind of need this refresher. Even, even us as the titular minimalists, yeah. we 
need a refresher, we often have to declutter our own homes. Yeah. And many of our questions are associated with that today. But f- before we get into our audience questions, our phone calls here, uh, I just want to talk about decluttering. We often think about decluttering our homes, but I think there's sort of this... I don't know, the, the decluttering trinity of locations. <laughs> what I mean by that is our homes for sure, but if you want to get some quick momentum, mm-hmm. if you have an office separate from where you live, I know a lot of us are working from home these days, yeah. but decluttering your office is usually way easier than decluttering your home, and you spend so much time there anyway, yeah. uh, that can be a great place to get start. We'll talk about some tactics uh, throughout this episode to do that, but then also your car. Mm. You're probably driving in it to work every day. It's funny, um, when we were filming Less Is Now, the last day of filming, Matt had me come over to his house and he's, he he, bought, he brought a bunch of junk. I don't know where he got a bunch of junk from. Mm. Probably his wife. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Now, I think she, he always says she's not a minimalist. I think she's more of a minimalist than him. Oh, yeah. It's always the great excuse for us minimalists. We can just say we pawn our stuff off on other people. Right, exactly. We say they're not yeah. minimalists. <laughs> hey, honey, I, don't, I can't hold on to this anymore. You hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer bought Marge a bowling ball that said Homer on it for yes. Christmas. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of what us minimalists really do. Back that, that's the good. Simpsons was good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the the day I went over to Matt's, he filled my glove box over, uh, he overflowed it with stuff. So much stuff, so that there's this quick scene in the in the documentary where I open up the glove box, but he, you couldn't see his hand. He had to change the shot. He had to hold the glove box shut with one hand while he filmed with the other hand because mm. it was so full of stuff. And he figured I was already going to have stuff in there. So he, he, he comes out to my car. And he's like, all right, let's put some stuff in there. He opens it. And it's a completely pitch black uh, glove box with one black envelope in it yeah. because of OCD. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it just has my registration and everything yeah. in there. But I keep absolutely nothing. What in about my your car. owner's manual? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on Google. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny, man? Like manuals and instructions. And yeah, it's like we hold on to those things. Every time I get anything like that yeah i think the same thing i'm like i can totally just find this on google yeah i have a 2015 toyota and so if i really if i imagine it broke down the side of the room i'm gonna get out the manual and just be like hmm all right let me <laughs> flip here to page 63 uh, yeah. have the hood up i'm just gonna fix it on the side of the road yeah. no of course i'm not mm. going to do that right <laughs> so I, my car has next to nothing in it. In fact, uh, one of our YouTube videos, youtube.com slash the minimalists, we did a, a little, um, on one of our living room conversations, we took a field trip to my car and I just showed people what was in my car. I think I even have less now than what I did in that video. You can check that out. We'll put Minimalist. A, yeah, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. But car, office, and then home. We're going to be talking a lot about decluttering all three of those spaces. I, I want you to remember, though, that organizing isn't really decluttering. Mm. And this is a distinction that we often get confused. We use these words synonymously, right? Yeah. I'm just going to get organized. Well, that's often the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we'll go to the container store. We'll buy a bunch of cheap plastic things to hide, not hold our stuff, but hide mm. our stuff, to get it out of the way. And it gives us this false sense of security. I'll just have that just in case, or I'll hold on to that just in case. And we're going to be talking a lot today about just in case items. Yeah. Our first question today is from Jennifer in St. Joseph, Michigan. I'm calling in to ask about a packing party. I'm considering having one. 
I start having it and then I end up going through things and it takes a lot longer, I think, than just packing things up in a box. Is the point to not look at the stuff and just pack it up and pull it out when you need it? Um, I just feel myself getting hung up and looking at everything. Um, also, is it possible or do you have any tips for how to have a packing party for my kids' things? Um, maybe getting them involved or do I just do it and pull things out as they ask for it? So, Ryan, let's talk to new listeners briefly about what the packing party is, although, of course, they saw uh, the elements, a recreation of the packing party in, in Less Is Now, yeah. the new film. But uh, for those who are uninformed or just need a refresher, what did you do for your packing party? So when I first started my minimalist journey, I didn't know where to start. And uh, you and I came up with this great idea for a packing party where we decided to pack up all my belongings as if I were moving. And then I would unpack only the items I needed over the next three weeks. So we packed up literally every single thing in my house. Yeah. Um, Even your furniture, we covered with sheets and stuff. Exactly, exactly. So as I needed things, I went to boxes, I uncovered furniture, and it was it was kind of the beginning of our website, theminimalists.com, because... I remember the, the the perspective shift that I got with that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there were more people out there who would get something out of this, out of that story. Right. So um, with, uh, with Jennifer's question here, the biggest mistake she is making is going through all her stuff. Yes. Before she's packing it up. The, the packing yeah, part. exactly. Like Pretend you put, you're moving. You put everything in a box. You, you pack up every... If you're going through your things, of course, you're going to want to hold on to 50% of it just in case or because it's sentimental. Uh, the whole idea of a packing party is you don't know what's in those boxes. Yes. All you know is that you're going to need things as time goes on. You need your toothbrush. You need your bed and bed sheets. You need some clothes for work. Uh, you need your hair dryer, Josh. I'm just, you don't even have a hair dryer, do you? Of course I do. Oh, look, you do? I look at this hair if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> I thought that was just natural. <laughs> I thought you woke up like that. No, my hair dryer is all natural. So, so yeah, uh, if you're, but if you're going to, I did not go through my stuff. Um, I, I remember going through my stuff when the packing party was over uh -huh. to see if I wanted to get rid of things. Right. And uh, the sentimental stuff was by far the hardest stuff to get rid of because like, I'd look in a shoebox. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's like some stuff from high school. Here's, you know, whatever it is. Oh, man, do I really want to like – I can't really like donate this. No one's going to want letters from my mom. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah. So, you know, but to recycle them, just to, to let them go away, uh, it, it was a little tough. So – I did get through the sentimental stuff eventually, but um, yeah, I would recommend not going through your stuff as you're packing packing it up. The whole idea is you just, as things come to mind, that's when you want to go grab them. Yeah, I, I need this thing, so I'm going to go grab it. I think that what's encouraging about this, she's asking, like, uh, what I hear in her voice is like, is this even possible? Like, I know this Ryan did this, but mm -hmm. could this work for anyone else? And the truth is, we've seen... Well, probably over more than a hundred people do packing parties now. Sure. Well, over a hundred actually. I don't even know what I'm saying. But we've we actually cataloged 47 of them. So we have a book coming out later this year called "Love People Use Things." Mm -hmm. We're actually going to be talking about that at the end of the show. It's now available for pre-order. LovePeopleUseThings.net. Someone uh, parked on the dot com. Some jerk is oh, trying really? to extort us. Oh wow! One. Yeah, LovePeopleUseThings.net mm -hmm. is is where you can find that. Uh, dot net's cool. Yeah, it's it's retro. Yeah, it is. 
anyway, in the book, we we what we did is we took forty seven different families, individuals, and you know people with kids or just married couples, whatever, and they did one of three versions of the packing party. Mm-hmm. And so they did they could do what Ryan did, the extreme version or the mm-hmm. most extreme version, which is a whole house packing party mm-hmm. where you box up everything, pretend you're moving, and then unpack things only as you need them, or you can do one room. If you just want, you need a baby step to sort of get started. It's a very big yeah. baby step. Or like you said it earlier, start in the office. Yeah. Like yeah. just pick one spl- space that's really, really cluttered that you know you could benefit from a packing party. Right. And choose that. Maybe it's your desk. Right. It could be, it could be any room. Or we also had some people who did a multi-room packing party. So mm-hmm. maybe they wanted to do their kitchen and their garage. Yeah. And, and then unpack only the things in those rooms as they need it. What I found is that as you get momentum, it does get easier and easier by the day you feel freer and lighter mm-hmm. and if a packing party though is too extreme for you mm-hmm. then you probably want to consider the 30-day minimalism game which we alluded mm-hmm. to earlier mm-hmm. but that that allows you to get some momentum so maybe you do the 30-day minimalism game for a month that'll give you enough momentum to move into a, a packing party maybe, yeah maybe that's what i know i was gonna say maybe that's what i should have done but I, i'm just I need something extreme yeah. to happen in my life, unfortunately, for me to shift my perspective. So uh, choosing the extreme thing is a lot better than it just happening to me. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, what's interesting too, Jennifer talked about her kids. Right. How do I do a kid's and it packing might, party? It might seem a little extreme with kids, but you know, kids love to help. Um, so just you know, talk to your kids about like, hey, look, we're going to pack up everything. Mm-hmm. We're going to do an experiment, mm-hmm. and uh, we want you to participate. And don't let your kids go through every single thing because, of course, they're going to want to hold on to everything. Right. But uh, yeah, see what the kids are asking for as time goes on. I mean, of course, like the first night, you're going to have to uncover their bed, <laughs> yeah, put a pillow down, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think with kids, it's it's just as useful, um, especially if your kid. How many toys does the average kid have? Like average kids have almost three hundred. They play with only twelve daily. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and so I think what you'll what you'll actually get out of this for your kids is they'll get more value from the toys they actually play with because mm-hmm. they're not watered down by three hundred other toys that are effectively useless and, yeah. and they're they're cluttered. They're literally getting in the way. Yeah. Jennifer, I'm going to recommend you download for free over at theminimalists.com slash game. There's a 30-day minimalism game calendar. The way the minimalism game works is it's on the first day you get rid of, you partner up with someone, friend, family member, coworker, whomever. and Your you, mortal enemy. Yeah, you, yes, <laughs> if you'd like. And over the course of 30 days or 31 days in a month, you get rid of as many items as, well, as you can. Whoever goes the longest wins. And the way that it works is you get rid of one item on the first day, two items on the second day, three items on the third day, so forth and so on. Starts off really easy, gets more difficult by the mid-month, and by the end of the month, you, you know, you've you gotten rid of nearly 500 items, which is a phenomenal start and would definitely prepare you for a packing party. But we do have a free minimalism game calendar that you can download over at theminimalists.com slash game. We have a question here from China in Colorado. I currently have a car that doesn't do well in the mountains, and I live in the mountains. I have a boyfriend whose family has given us a car, and we also have another car in addition to that. So we have a total of three cars, and also the most amazing bus system. Currently, I'm paying to have my car stored because it's winter, and I can't keep it out in the conditions. But I'm just wondering if I should sell it or keep it. I know you've talked about the power of letting go and say me and my partner were to break up 
I'd love to have a car. So I'm stuck in this place of wondering, do I keep the car just in case or do I sell it because it could be worth something and it's paid off? So should you sell it? I'm not going to tell you what you should do. I'll tell you what I would do if I were in your situation, China. By the, by the way, congratulations for asking this question. I think it's really important. Congratulations for, all, for also for having a paid off car. Mm. That's wonderful. That's awesome. However, you have three cars, it sounds like. Mm. I'm assuming, based on your the way you, your message read to me, it sounds like you don't have a car payment on any of those. And if that's the case, great. If you have a car payment on any of them, there's no such thing as a good car payment. Mm. You don't ever, there's no reason to ever, ever, ever have a car payment. Debt is terrible. I never want you to go into debt to have a car. So if you have a car that has a car payment, I definitely would encourage you to either pay it off. If you can't afford to pay it off, then sell the car, even if you're in the red, so you can pay that off. Get a car that you can afford. Well, what do you know? What does that mean? It means if you can afford it, well, if you can pay for it, actually pay for it. Not put it on a credit card, not finance it for 83 months or 48 months or whatever. If you can actually pay for it, that means you can afford it. Now, you're in a situation where you have three cars mm. and two people. It's very difficult for two people to drive three cars at the same time. Yeah. And so, yes, I would definitely, if I were in your shoes, get rid of one of those cars because you don't need three cars. Or at least I know me and my wife, we don't need three cars. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. She said that she's holding on to one car in case her and her boyfriend break up, which, I mean, you could take that so far. Why don't you you'd store an extra dining set mm-hmm. and an extra couch? and you know, Or if someone offers you a couch, yeah, you might as well take it and put it in storage in case you and your boyfriend break up. Right. It sounds like a really bad excuse to hang on to something to me. Um, it's but, like I have a prosthetic arm just in case my arm falls <laughs> off. <laughs> I get Yeah, man, it's... it's uh, it's interesting the the reasons we come up with to hang on to things. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you if you are trying to have a, conting- a contingency plan for you and your boyfriend breaking up, then you should have an emergency fund. So yes, you know Mariah and I we've been together for seven years. Um, I will probably be with her the rest of my life. Uh, she has an emergency fund. I have an emergency. We have two separate emergency funds. Mm-hmm. Um, she has enough in that emergency fund. I don't even know what it is. It's it's 10,000 bucks, something like that. But it's enough to where uh, if she needed to go out and buy a car, she could get, you know, a, a reasonable, uh, reasonably priced car. Um, she could pay a few months worth of rent, yada, yada, yada. Like that's, that's the contingency plan. It's not hanging on to everything that you can. Right. So uh actually Mariah she had a we had two cars she had a car payment on on hers and she sold it mm-hmm. she paid off the car the car loan and she had a couple grand extra to put into the emergency fund that's great so um yeah i'm with you i would all if it was me i would also sell it but yeah don't 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 make excuses to hold on to things like you're obviously itching to get rid of this that's why you're calling in and asking us about it so um, yeah, do what you need to do. We just want you to be happy with your life. And if the car makes you extraordinarily happy sitting in storage and paying those storage fees, then you know what? Great. Keep your car. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like it's making you very happy. No, it's def- definitely not a blessing on your life right now. It's, yeah. it's, it's additional payment. So you're, you're paying money to store it. You're obviously paying for insurance on it, or at least mm-hmm. I certainly hope you're paying for insurance mm-hmm. on it, right? Yeah. That's an additional cost. It's in storage. So you're paying... Two payments there that you aren't for the thing you're not even using. You're also paying 
to ride the bus system, which congratulations, you have, you live somewhere with a phenomenal bus system mm-hmm. and you're able to use that and you feel g- good about it. Mm-hmm. That's even better. So that is a backup. To me, that's the emergency backup for you mm-hmm. is not the, the car is you have a phenomenal bus system, you mm-hmm. said, right? And, and so having an emergency system is great, but also being able to differentiate between emergency items and just in case items. Emergency items are the only just in case items Ryan and I agree that we need in our life. So for example, uh, having a first aid kit mm-hmm. at home. I certainly hope that I don't need it and, and I don't use it. It doesn't fit within the 90-90 rule, which is one of the rules in our minimalist rule book. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know what? It's a just in case item. And I'm like, well, I don't want any just in case items. We have a just in case rule. Mm-hmm. It's called called the 2020 rule, right? Uh, that's also in the minimalist rule book. And and so these rules help us establish some boundaries here, but I also realize that occasionally there is an emergency item that I need to hold on to. For me, a car just in case my relationship ends is not an emergency item yeah and it's not even a just for win item unless you were certain that that the relationship was going to end you would have it just for when it ends Mm -hmm. and so i totally agree with ryan i think having a good emergency fund set up is going to be important for you but then also setting up some rules in your own life hey sean let's send china a copy of the minimalist rule book uh, we just put it out on audio book you can also download it for free as a uh, free ebook at theminimalists.com slash resources you can find all of our free re- resources over there but if you want the audio book version of it it's uh we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well ryan what time is it it's time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones, and we personally reply to as many as we can. We can't respond to everyone, but we do respond to a few of those. We also answer them on the podcast. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer every question with just a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. Nick wants to know, once you declutter, how do you keep from the clutter coming back? <laughs> <laughs> so so this oh. is a fascinating question yeah. because, I mean, uh, uh, the typo notwithstanding, mm. but um, <laughs> it's almost like a Freudian slip there, right? right? But the people often think of minimalism as a destination but minimalism is not the destination minimalism is the vehicle that's not my pithy answer but you can tweet that podcast sean damn and and so uh, i want you to think about it this way what ryan and i use minimalism for is to live a more deliberate life that includes with less stuff but there are times where ryan and i we still have to bring new things into our life we do so deliberately but over time, sometimes those things stop adding value. And so when they stop adding value, we have to be willing to let go. Here's a pithy answer for you. The most effective way to declutter is to leave the junk at the store. And so there's always going to be a point where you have to continue to declutter. It's probably not going to be the same volume. If you're one of those people, like the average American who has 300,000 items in their house, I know because I was one of them. Mm-hmm. When you get started, you're going to be decluttering a lot. But even once you've reached the point of decluttering, or maybe even you could say you're a minimalist, there's going to be a point where you start to let go of stuff. 
new things that come in. So yeah. always be willing to let go, Nick. Well, our circumstances constantly change, right? Yes. So you might, like Mariah and I live in a studio apartment right now. Right. Uh, eventually we'll have kids and we'll have another bedroom. So we'll need things for that child and for that bedroom for the, for the kid. Totally. So, um, yeah, uh, like you said, minimalism is not a destination. It is a tool used to live a deliberate life. So don't... Um, don't beat yourself up if, if you get a little bit of clutter in your life. That That's okay. That's that's why you have minimalism in your life. It's so you can handle it as you start to notice it. I know, like, I was watching, uh, I don't know, a few months back, I was watching Hoarders. Yeah. And it made me question everything I had. <laughs> and I, But I did. I looked at our bookshelf. I'm like, I have a bookshelf, and it's full because it's there. Uh... And my, my rule is, is like, oh, we don't, you know, we don't have more books than can fit on the bookshelf. But even that, I'm like, that's still kind of silly. So I got rid of half the books, and now half of it's empty. And yeah. it actually aesthetically looks uh, pretty good. And you're no longer a secret hoarder. That's right, exactly. Um, here's my pithy answer. A life without boundaries is a house without walls. Mm. So, yeah, yeah it's... Uh, that doesn't exist, right? It doesn't exist. You're, you've got to have some boundaries set up in life. I mean, the you know, the boundaries we have in life... Um, and just like walls in a home, it keeps things from going out and it keeps things from coming in. It right. works both ways. So uh, you've got to have some boundaries. If not, then you're going to have a out of control life. You know, real quick before we move on to our listener tips, Ryan, I just wanted to say that there was something that, that resonated with me there when you were talking about you and Mariah. And if you had kids, obviously you would need to have another bedroom unless, you know, you're just putting a crib in your studio and that could work for a period of time. Yeah. It may not be ideal though. And mm -hmm. so minimalism isn't about deprivation. It's about finding the most ideal situation for you. Mm -hmm. And usually that means owning less, but in time that might mean incorporating more into your life as your life changes. Mm -hmm. And I think the prime example here is if you go look at our two documentaries, mm -hmm. you look at our first one, minimalism, which came out in 2016 mm -hmm. And we filmed it in 2014. So how old was I then? I was uh, 32 at the time. Oh my God! And I'll be 40 this year. Oh my goodness! Right. Me so too. <laughs> so uh, I'll be 40 this year. And if you look at the the new documentary, Less Is Now, mm -hmm. and you look at my home in that one compared to my home when I was single without a kid in when I was 32, mm -hmm. they're completely different right. places mm -hmm. and and so it doesn't mean that one is more minimalist than the other it's they're both are appropriate for that stage of my life mm -hmm. and so when you compare the two it's not equating them necessarily it's just saying this was appropriate for me then this is appropriate for me now as what is appropriate changes i need to be willing to change the things that surround me yeah. all right ryan before we get into our listener tips and our added value segment today you're gonna like the added value a lot it looks right. like we got a bunch more surprise questions this week like what are Joshua and Ryan's own New Year's resolutions this year? What's the difference between decluttering and going minimalist? And uh, how do you deal with the journals and notebooks when decluttering? How do you organize paper clutter? What documents do we really need to save? How do I get rid of most of my cleaning supplies? And which cleaning supplies should a minimalist own? How do I convince my spouse to declutter? 
How can I avoid feeling guilty about getting rid of stuff? Plus a million more questions for The Minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, subscribe to our Maximal episodes on The Minimalists Private Podcast. It's a completely separate podcast, and it's the most honest way for The Minimalists to earn an income because we don't believe in advertisements. By the way, if you're not a private podcast subscriber, you're literally missing two-thirds or more of our show. You can try it out for a month. Try it out for three weeks. See whether or not you really enjoy it. What we're aiming to do is add immense value to your life with our private podcast. It allows us to go deep. It allows us to say things that might get us canceled in public, but our, our, our supporters, our, our real subscribers, they, they let us fail out loud and uh, sort of stumble through a private podcast, but it's much more intimate that way. And I don't, what do you, how do you feel about those conversations we have on the private podcast, Ryan? Oh, man, I... Actually, feel more relaxed when we're having those conversations. I can let my hair down, literally. <laughs> it looks no, down to me now, but <laughs> uh, no, I I'm so glad we have that platform to try out new ideas. And to be honest, too, like it's a it's a group of people that I can look at their feedback and like take it in and not be uh, concerned about. Um, criticism and critics and, and their motives and seagulls. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very awesome platform, and I am extremely grateful for it. Yes, indeed. So if you are a supporter of the podcast, thank you so much. We're going to be talking a lot more this week on the Maximal episode about decluttering and New Year's resolutions and a whole lot more. Try it out. Theminimalists.com slash support. It's just two bucks, by the way. So uh, we're going to give you way more than your $2 worth. And of course, you can walk away at any time. Theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. There's also a video version over there as well if you prefer to watch. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, my name is Sabrina Carlson. I'm from Flagstaff, Arizona. I've been listening to and enjoying your podcast and its inspiration very much, and I so appreciate it. I wanted to leave a tip for listeners today about both the mindful acquisition of new clothing as well as mindfully getting rid of clothing. As someone who does a lot of outdoor adventure myself, including in the wintertime, one of the pieces of clothing that we often struggle with is our base layers or our long johns. And they are pretty necessary for adventuring in cold weather, whether you're skiing, snowboarding, snowshoeing, or just building snowmen in the front yard. Base layers can often be pretty ill-fitting, poorly made. The fabrics are not always very environmentally sustainable. It's certainly something that I have struggled with plenty of times. I recently came to know about this clothing company started by a husband and wife team. It's called Carbo Clothing. And they created their company to fix this exact problem. They focus exclusively on base layers, and they make all of their things to fit and perform well. All of it's made out of sustainable fabrics, and it's made in Aspen, Colorado. Um, it is pricier, of course, than some of the cheaper things you're going to find, but it is well worth the price, in my opinion. But even better than that, they have a mission and a nonprofit arm they call Join the Flight. And this company allows you to donate new or gently used cold weather outdoor gear for distribution to porters and guides in third world countries. Westerners, including the founders of this company, in traveling to these third world countries to climb mountains have created a demand for guide services. And that's great for the local economy for these people. 
but often now these people are going to altitude and temperatures that they don't have the proper clothing to be at, and that is putting them in a safety situation. So the founders of Corvo Clothing will collect donations of these new or gently used items that maybe, you know, someone gave it to you, it's not a color you like, or it just doesn't fit you quite to your to your liking, and they'll take them and they collect them, and then once or twice a year they go to these communities personally, the founders actually go and hand off these items to the people in those communities so you know that they're getting into the hands of the right people. Um, I think that's just incredibly, incredibly cool how they have seen problems in their industry and are working to solve it. So um, if you want to check them out, they are online. If you want to check out their products or the Join the Flight campaign, CorbeauClothing.com. Corbeau is the French word for reason. It's spelled C-O-R-B-E-A-U-X. Um, really cool people, really interesting company that I thought the listeners might like to know about. Hey, Josh and Ryan. This is Morgan from Seattle and soon to be San Luis Obispo, California. I watched your documentary in April 2017, and it inspired me immediately. Over the following five days, I spent 25 hours going through all my things. I went to your lessons now stop in Seattle, and now after 10 months, I've taken a dozen carfuls of items to... Goodwill saved a lot of money and freed up a significant amount of time. We're going to do the Pacific Crest Trail this year, and getting rid of things has helped to significantly reduce the stress around moving. I've developed a couple helpful approaches that I think may also help others, so I thought I might share. One, I got rid of all my duplicates unless they were consumables. I donated unused shower gels and lotions, took craft supplies and journals to the elementary school near my home, and stopped buying trinkets when I visited new places. Ultimately, I now only allow for one duplicate if it's a consumable and no duplicates if I know it'll take me months to use up, like a journal. Two, for sentimental items, the single most helpful thing I've done is channel your phrase. Our memories are inside of us, not our things. And on top of that, I allow allow myself time. My grandpa passed away last year, which allowed me to help my mom go through my grandparents' 50 years' worth of things and exercise my newfound minimizing skills. There were a lot of memories from my mom, who I must say did an impressively well job with the whole process. But I felt good about being able to see the things as things and not artifacts of my grandparents. I did keep four things from my from their house. A lamp, a silver four-leaf clover, an old compact desk, and a necklace from my grandma. Now, as time passes, it's easier to imagine parting with some of these things as well, and they may make it into my next men's game. Lastly, I have made these changes one step at a time. Over the last couple months, I found myself naturally focusing on one aspect of my life. At first, it was decluttering, then it was finding my quote-unquote why for not consuming items. Then it was working on having good conversations with friends and family around the change I was making. Through it all, I have found it helpful to write a few relevant minimal maxims on index cards and post them on my desk at work. Sometimes I'll also take a picture of those and make them my phone background. This gives me a daily reminder of what I'm focusing on and helps me internalize the approach that I know I want, but sometimes have a hard time staying consistent with in practice. All right, for our added value segment this week, Ryan, yes. our friend Canyon City. Yeah. He has a new EP out. and Sweet. It's called Circling the Sun. It just came out. 
At the end of this podcast, we're going to get, we got permission to play his song, awesome. Like the Stars Shine. Such a beautiful project. I mean, you know, everything he does is, is gorgeous, yeah. but there's something about this one that I don't know. It, his music always feels like home to me. Mm. No matter where I am, we could be in the middle of the desert filming something. We could be here in LA. We could be back home in, in Dayton, Ohio. We could be in Montana. And when I put his music on, it feels like home. Yeah, he's so, brilliant. So at the end of this episode, check out Like the Stars Shine on Kenyon City's new EP. It's called Circling the Sun. We'll put a link to that awesome. in the show notes. Ryan, real quick. What's up? Right here, right now. Uh-huh. There is one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist, and this is big, big news. Love people, use things. Our new book, which comes out in July, is available for pre-order today. Nice. So you can check it out, lovepeopleusethings.net. And if you pre-order, it's not just like, well, I don't want to wait months and months to get this book. Okay, you might have to wait some months, but you're going to get a bunch of things uh, in the meantime up front. Things that you're actually not going to be able to get if you don't pre-order the book. Because if you pre-order the book, it really helps us. It helps our publisher, et cetera, et cetera. Are we just going to send them random things? Yes. Just uh, like I have a donation box and I'll just like pick random things and start sending them out. To- oh, <laughs> a medium cardigan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, um, we're not going to send you things like that. Oh, there are a couple physical things that I really like. We, we, we were very deliberate about the things we chose uh, with respect to this new book, Love People, Use Things. We'll talk about the book here briefly, but uh, there's a smartphone wallpaper that you'll get, Love People, Use Things, smartphone wallpaper, but also uh, bumper stickers, more than one. Uh, oh, wow. So so you'll have Love People, Use Things as just your, your bumper sticker if that's what you want, or you can place that sticker anywhere else you want on the bottom of Ryan's skateboard perhaps. Yeah. Um, Got a ton of stickers on there. Computer stickers so you can cover up whatever logo is on the back of your Dell Mm -hmm. or whatever you're you're holding on to these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, So computer stickers. Oh, and uh, bookmarks. They're in the other room, but you've already seen the bookmarks. It's a beautiful bookmark, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. You'll get some bookmarks as well. Let's talk about why we wrote the book, Mm. Ryan. We, We wrote the book because, well, we don't we don't really have a relationship book out there. Yeah. Well, you know what I like about the book and maybe you'll have a difference of opinion here, but people often ask, Hey, you know, Ryan, I get the whole minimalism thing. I I get living deliberately, but the problem is, is like, I still want to own a bunch of stuff. I still want to make a ton of money and, you know, intellectually I can get there that that's not happiness, but emotionally I can't get there. I still really have that feeling. How do I make that feeling go away? I have been asked that Mm. a million times and I don't have a great answer for that. I mean, I don't have a great elevator pitch answer for that but this book i think addresses that question in the sense that it shows you what relationships to focus on Mm -hmm. so that way you do feel like you're living a meaningful life and what i have realized through minimalism is that when i focus on uh, uh having a good relationship with my stuff a good relationship with people a good relationship with my finances once i have those relationships in a place that um that i feel good then a lot of my desires go away. I mean, I still see the shiny new iPhone and I'm like, ooh, that looks nice or a new computer or something, but um, it doesn't pull at me like it used to pull at me because I am genuinely happy with what I have now. You could you know, put me in a tent in the middle of the desert. I'd probably sweat to death, but, if, <laughs> but other than sweating to death, 
um, you know, if, as long as I had my wife with me and, and, and able to have contact with friends, like I, I really feel like I could still live a very meaningful life. Yeah. Yeah. I think with, with this book in particular, I love what you said there because we have, we have three books out there already. There's sort of this, there's a, a memoir, a self-help book and an essay collection. This one is a relationship book, but as you just alluded to, it's not just about relationships with people. So it's not your traditional relationship book. Right. That's in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the title even. Love people, use things. Mm-hmm. And in the book, we even talk about where that title comes from and sort of dual origin of of that title. But with love people, use things, it's figuring out what's in the way. And for most of us in today's society, that's our stuff. And it's our distractions. And it's dealing with those, but then forming a good relationship with our stuff. It's not doing without stuff Mm. it's having a good relationship with our stuff and then having a good relationship with the truth a good relationship with ourselves Mm. that's often a struggle for many of us self-love right and and so that relationship we call them the seven essential relationships there's values and there's money there's creativity and then there's our relationship with people it's actually my favorite chapter in the book is the, the relationship with people chapter but we walk you through these seven essential relationships it starts with the stuff because our material possessions are a physical manifestation of our internal lives mm-hmm. so we tackle the out the outside clutter the external clutter and then we look inward and start dealing with that internal clutter and that's really what the book helps us do so we can improve our relationship in all of those areas it's called love people use things love people use things.net we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well you can follow the minimalists on facebook twitter and instagram at the minimalists come to one of our live podcast shows visit the slash tour to find a city near you if you have a question comment or minimalism tip for our podcast email a voice memo to podcast at the minimalists.com you can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash the minimalists and if you want our show notes in your inbox sign up for our email list over at the minimalists.com you also receive our simple sunday emails each week and if you leave here today with just one message we hope it's this love people and use things because the opposite never works thanks for listening y'all we'll see you next time little goals dreams run through this town like rivers rolling Reach to pull you down Letting go is Harder than it sounds Did you know that Most days I'm just lost Does it show Little ways we talk But I feel lonely Everywhere I stop This moment 
Hold all that you can. Sunset's golden. Fold up in your hands and feel this glow. Time you stroll through the past. When all I had to do was love you. Stronger than the battle of the shadows. Louder than the rattles of the night. Farther than the waterfall and fast through mountainside. Strong.